Welcome back to the grim darkness of the 41st millennium. I'm Inquisitor Temperance Price, Keeper of the Inquisition's Black Library, and this is the third volume in a report on the Valentine Heresy, an actual play podcast set in the Genesis adaptation of Warhammer 40,000's Dark Heresy RPG. This report features Game Master Tom McGee and players Ryan Laplante as Inquisitor Lucius Valentine, Tyler Hewitt as Atticus Viz, Laura Hamstra as Eli Sharp, and Della Borovic as Morgan Rawls. The Inquisitorial Band have been running drills to prepare for boarding actions. Atticus took to the role of playing an abomination from the warp. Morgan was questioned by Ivanikoth about the Xenos and Chaos Cultus on her homeworld. Eli developed an addiction to Sniffmusk, and Valentine continued to steer his many plans in motion. What will the ship at the final waypoint reveal? Find out next in this episode of the Valentine Heresy. From a posted review of North Star Haulers. I simply don't know if I can trust my important cargo to a company that can lose two of its tugs. Zero stars. Marnie's song has arrived at the edge of an artificial asteroid, not even belt, more so just a, a, a giant floating space orb of asteroids. Um, on any screen that we'd be filming this on, <laughs> top to bottom, just large, large chunks of, of stone floating. Um, there is a ship on the edge of this asteroid field uh, that you have identified uh, as the um, kind of on your path inward, uh, searching for Inquisitor Kanehurst's ship and uh, the corpse of Deborah Gnarl. Um, as you pulled up, um, Grimly Moody, your pilot, uh, your erstwhile pilot, who definitely follows drills to the letter, uh, had warned you that there was a repeating signal coming through of just a clipped, help me, help me, help me, um, that was cycling over and over, uh, and had just turned to you, Valentine, and asked what to do. As you'll recall, um, you're following a series of beacons uh, that were sort of the first of which was psychically imprinted on both Eli and Morgan as a failsafe to find Kanehurst should he ever go missing. Uh, you followed this uh, quite a ways uh, away from uh, Last Gleaming. You're just on the fringes of the sector now, kind of very, very far from um, anything resembling civilization. Uh, and yet you found this small, rusted ship. Again, you can kind of think size-wise... Um, Somewhere in like the the Milano from uh, Guardians of the Galaxy or like a Pelican from uh, Halo, but uh, badly made. Like this is this is some um, you know slapped together, patched up, rusted piece of shit ship um, that's clearly seen a lot of action. It's clearly been well taken care of, um, but it is uh, it does not reek of crowns. If that makes any sense, thrones thrones is a is a money earning. Uh, does not reek of thrones, uh, hmm. and it certainly doesn't reek of proper Imperium um, backing. This isn't like a rogue trader ship or something that's been officially sanctioned. It's clearly just kind of some spacefaring folk uh, trying to make their way in the world. Well, the rules of the spaceway are that we should always respond to any SOS. However, we are not going to risk this ship or our mission overall. Eli, Atticus, my quarters. Grimly, keep all weapons aimed on that ship, and I want scanners on it and the surrounding area. I do not want to be surprised by chugging pirates on our journey here. Uh, yes, uh, roger that, Inquisitor. I I'm on it. And he, like, quickly looks at Atticus, and then, like, quickly looks back to his instruments. 
and begins scans. One. Eli says, "Eli says, yeah, like I, sir, like clicks his heels and goes yep. towards uh, his quarters." Perfect. So Valentine will will lead the charge and also stop off at a a hidden locker that Eli could not find <laughs> that has Eli's fucking weapons in it. Are you going to reveal where this locker is to him in this moment, or would you do this? Would you like meet them in your quarters, go to the place, get the stuff, um, and then deliver it? I guess it's like an extra well-hidden compartment or something, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, Billingberg was up to a bunch of nefarious no-good deeds. And honestly, you get the sense that, like, if you hadn't murdered him, like, if someone would just <laughs> stop this ship, um, all of his I'm clearly part of a conspiracy shit would be, like, packed away in some of these hidey holes. It's a little bit like um, the, uh, you know, the secret pathways through the ship that Morgan found. There's just a lot of... Uh, of nefarious hiding spots uh, throughout the ship. Unfortunately, you know, he got murdered uh, without thinking anyone would get on his ship, so he just left everything out to be found, as as indeed it did. So yes, this is a very well-hid compartment such that mm-hmm. even Eli, like Eli would have to strip the ship to find it, is I think the answer. Then yeah, no, Valentine will go get it and just meet them at the quarters with the shit, because it's useful to have okay. a couple of secrets on board. Do the listeners get to know where this compartment is? <laughs> Yes, Tom, where's the compartment? <laughs> Son of a bitch. Uh, <laughs> I was like, yeah, Ryan, where is it? It's like, okay, fine. Um, I mean, if you want to throw it to me, I'll take it. Um, no, no, no. Um, I, I think it's, uh, we'll say that there's like a, um, uh, a, a, one of those weird bulkheads that kind of comes out off of a wall that contains a water heater um, that is one of several throughout the ship. Um, however, it's been built artificially large. Uh, so if you know where to look, like just at, at casual glance and even to a, a, a seasoned um, uh, like shipman like Eli, it just looks like a water heater compartment. Um, however, uh, Valentine, when looking through Billingberg's records, I uh, clearly found he'd had it built overly large. Um, the heating unit is actually smaller. It's one of the reasons the showers on the ship are actually always a little bit shy on hot water um, in a way that everyone has cl- like quietly clocked, but no one really thinks anything of. Um, and, uh, it's one of several places, but more importantly for you, it's large enough that you could easily hide like his gun, uh, amongst other things. Great. So yeah, Valentine will collect that, uh, and then go back to his quarters, open the door, invite you both inside, uh, sit behind his desk. Eli, he will just hand you your backpack full of guns. That's just, it's (laughs) yours. Eli, like his mouth opens for a second and then he closes it. Like just remembering it's like, has to earn them back. This is this was expected. Excellent. Friends, I'm going to be sending you over to that ship. We're going to need to do this uh, in EVA suits. I cannot risk a boarding link between this ship and that ship not knowing what is aboard it. I need information about what has happened to this world, about what has happened in this system, about what has happened to that ship. If there's anything of interest, I want to know. Also, because I have to specify this, Neither of you have permission to die on this mission. That is considered unacceptable. You are to return. Yes, sir. It's a diversion at best, and I hate being diverted pointlessly. Never died on a mission yet, sir. No, Roy. (laughs) And I think that is the first moment Valentine has a moment of being speechless in just his entire career as an Inquisitor, just not knowing how to respond to... That kind of relentless optimism from someone who's not him. (laughs) (laughs) Well, 
The Empress with you both. Suit up. I'll have Grimley get us as close as possible so you can send yourselves over. I'm not going to risk any other members of the crew. And I really, really hope we don't have to rescue you, but I will have a team standing by. Any Understood, questions? sir. Uh, are we to keep uh, communications open between us and uh, the ship here? Yes, absolutely. Like That'll allow you to follow up with me. Should you have any technical issues where you need to get through doors or into systems, I can make sure Gideon Kotov is available. And should you need spiritual assistance, Father Marcellus will be close by the line. Will it be Very helpful good. to bring any bodies back? Let's see what you find. If the bodies are of interest, perhaps. If they are not, I don't know. There could be no bodies. Also, this could just be pirates. I cannot stress how much this is just likely to be pirates. So just be ready for pirates. Aye, yes, sir. sir. Dismissed. Make yourselves ready. Uh, Tom, is there any concern for Atticus to have over Eevee suits and his uh, atypically shaped body. That is <laughs> one massive mechanical arm being about three feet tall. Um, <laughs> for the record, I'm never going to accept. He's three feet tall now? No, he is no, a reasonable height. Tall. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he just he's Benjamin over. buttoning, but for height. You know, it just yeah. gets smaller and smaller. Yeah. Quinny is his dad. That's yeah. <laughs> That's what we call a cross-show synergy. Um, yeah, no, um, Tyler, I think in, you know, if we look at like NASA, that would be a huge problem because those suits are very specifically like, well, you, you got to be this height to, you know, space. Um, but not, given not the, a lot of room for customization on no, those. No, 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 no. <laughs> but given like the propensity in 40K for, you know, like, oh, we need to send an Adepticus Mechanicus over. Well, he's got eight saws for arms. And it's like, right. well, okay. how do we protect the fleshy bits? <laughs> um, I'm kind of thinking of this almost in like Darth Vader terms where it's like there's a small amount of, of organic matter that must be protected. And then there's the inorganic matter that can be exposed to vacuum. So I honestly... I imagine, particularly given that Billingberg was loaded, that there are modular suits. Um, okay. That, you know, not unlike the uh, khakis to shorts I insisted on wearing in high school, uh, have lots of zippers and things to just let you customize it, you know, based on your mood. Yeah. Um, <laughs> All right. So then. Atticus Sorry, folks, has... I'm taken. Um, <laughs> but uh, then yeah, has so a full it... EV suit uh, with the right arm off and just his artificial arm uh 100 yeah and i think you'd be able to seal suit. it there'd yeah. be like an easy way to um, okay to temporarily seal it okay um over you um eli what's your experience with eva been have you done a lot of that or, or oh have you yeah been like, baby yeah, yeah. <laughs> um i uh i don't know where that came from but uh i like uh, it. yeah because eli had to he uh, he had to be prepared. He had to make sure that, you know, everyone on the ship was prepared for all sorts of eventualities, which included, um, like, loss of atmosphere, blah, blah, blah. So it's, like, secondhand to him. Great. And um, should okay. be to everyone on board! <laughs> <laughs> you yelled down a hallway to no one? Yeah. Um, okay, amazing. So, yeah, Atticus and Eli, um, you get uh, suited up. And again, I think by 40k standards, these are like incredibly nice EVA suits. Uh, we're, we're talking, you know, um, a, a surprising, surprisingly few spikes. Um, 
but uh, very much um, I am kind of thinking in in a little bit more form fitting NASA terms, um, but without all the the heavy metal gear, just kind of like almost um, like a fireproof suit kind of situation. Mm. Um, so bulky enough that your gear fits under it um, comfortably enough, uh, but uh, form fitting that you're not doing the the Michelin Man uh, space right. float. Um, and uh, so again, they're not like, like encumbering us. No, no, no. They're okay. yeah, spe- spe- uh, specifically in terms of your roles and things. Yeah. Um, they won't, you know, if you're trying to do anything overly dexterous, they would probably hinder you a bit. But in terms yeah. of your general movement, it's it's uncomfortable and a little bit awkward, but um, certainly doable. Cool. So um, Grimly brings the the ship up um, when you kind of return to the bridge. Um, he has brought the ship. Uh, a bit closer, having received several scans now. Um, unfortunately, there was a ton of interference from the asteroid belt, um, which he relays to Valentine as as cause for concern. Um, obviously, with you know radar pinging off all of these rocks, that is prime pirate Heidi territory. That said, um, no life signs from the ship, um, minimal operating systems, uh, no weapons powered up. Um, uh, the drive seems to be non-functional, which again does doesn't belay any of the fears about it being <laughs> like you know the cheese on the trap, uh, but does imply that you probably won't get like instantly iced uh, if and when you arrive arrive aboard. Um, so he he kind of turns uh, to you, Valentine. He says, uh, "Right, so uh, sir, I, I'm going to recommend we don't get too too close, just in case." Uh, you know, there there is a you know jaws of a trap ready to, to kind of spring here. Um, I can certainly bring us around, uh, essentially line up our um, uh, one of our. Uh, oh my god, I can't even remember the name for this. I need to. It's an watch airlock, I believe. Sci-fi. Thank you. I've not watched sci-fi in too long. I guess <laughs> no. I'm like airlocks. You know those things Rosalind loves putting fucking Cylons out of that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, uh, so he says, uh, yeah, uh, sorry, I'm just real concerned about these pirates. Uh, yeah, uh, we'll line up the airlock uh, as best we can with, with the other ship. Um, from the looks of our initial scans, uh, this thing looks like it was pretty fast back when it was working. Um, I don't really see any clear way in, uh, but it is kind of ramshackle. Looks like it's been repaired with bits of other ships over time so my guess is probably easiest to just kind of cut a hole in the side if you want to go in unless you can find an airlock somewhere on there you you probably can if you, you dig around a bit but there's none that are too easily visible from here um is that uh does that work for y'all yes Works that makes me. sense to me uh and he'd trigger the comms to where they're getting suited up and just say Atticus, you could bring along something if you'd like to cut through the hull, but I do know that you have what one could call perhaps a can opener in your right arm that could make your own entrance. Knocking on doors is one of my specialties, sir. Whether there's a door or not. Well, why don't we try and go through the hatch so we're not, you know, damaging any vital systems? Oh, you're no fun at all. Right, fine. Uh, Before we just completely assume, Eli, how long does it take you to open a hatch if it has no power? Uh, I'm I'm, uh, apologies, sir. There was a miscommunication. I mean, punch through at the hatch. 
Ah, ah, yes. So, Atticus, you still get to break in. I, I just want to point out, I, unless this is going to have some sort of miraculous addition to our quest, I don't give a shit about this ship. So find out what we need that helps us, but please don't spend time protecting it. We're not going to strip it for parts. I don't care about the value of the metal. We're the Inquisition. This is space garbage unless it's useful. Crystal clear, sir. Aye, aye. Um, so with that, you you gear up um, and uh, you make your way down to uh, the airlock. Um, so you're still um, a ways away from the ship, um, which means you do have some space to cover. Um, how do you intend to get from here to there? Again, keeping in mind, you do have the resources of the ship available. You can go ask for things. But I'm curious, kind of Eli and Atticus, um, I guess Eli specifically... You've done this before, so how would yeah. you want to get over Do there? we have, like, um, <clears throat> I can't remember the name from it, but, like, the little air... <laughs> like the, the propulsion air system? The things, yeah. <laughs> um, I'm going to say no. I think um, external repairs uh, to the ship would likely be done by servitors and that sort of thing that have their own propulsion systems. Okay. Um Rather than uh, assuming the, the crew would have them, so you can try and rig some up, but um, yeah, no, I mean, ideally, I, ideally, then we'd have some sort of like, uh, like you know, kind of like mag lock, like some something attached to like some sort of like wire that could attach to like the ship. We could literally, almost? like, yeah, essentially, yeah, yeah, like yeah. a zip line that we, I mean, can't zip line down because <laughs> gravity, but um, I understand what you mean, like, yeah, yeah, like, uh, yeah. Put yep. a little, attach yourselves with a little carabiner. Yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, this place is just filthy with carabiners. Just carabiners <laughs> everywhere. Um, okay, yeah. Um, I was going to make you roll for that, but that doesn't really, I don't think that requires a roll, really. Um, I think it's safe to say there's probably, I don't think it'd be a maglock system necessarily. Basically, the, the problem that um, you're running into with this ship is it's really well equipped to a point, and that point is rich person who has minions so it's like yeah i don't need thrusters on my suits because i got robots that'll do that for me or i'll just fly back to base and they'll do it i don't need mag locks because why would i ever need that i've got people who do that for me Mm. um but something like a a tow cable i think is an easy enough um thing to find um and uh so you break that up what i will have you do i think is um one of the two of you um i'll have you roll to fire it uh, just to see how effectively it latches. Mm-hmm. Um, again, given that this is um, a, a tool that is not purpose-built for this, but that could very easily be used for this, I just want to see kind of where where we fall on that. Sure. So which, which of the two you do you think would be firing the, the harpoon, as it were? I mean, I'd be... Uh, Eli would be definitely... Yeah, yes, I, he, would, he would. He would automatically <laughs> take that okay. upon yes. himself. Great. All right, so Eli, we're just going to call this a um, a ranged check. Uh, I'm going to say it's uh, difficulty two because okay. it's a non-moving target. It's only yep. it has difficulty because it's a bit awkward, but it's not, you know, it's yeah. not spinning. You know, we're not in a Sandra Bullock gravity situation where oh everything's hmm. moving all the time. It's like no, you can just line <laughs> it up uh, and fire, so that's fine. Um, You've got all the time you want, so no disadvantage for the suit. Um, Sweet. Yeah, I think we'll just call it, honestly, a straight uh, to purple. Perfect. Check. 
I'm yeah, happy to do that. Yeah, because also being in zero G wouldn't hinder your ability to aim. It might throw off some other things, or like if you had recoil that you had to account yeah, for. Yeah, but I'd like but brace myself against you know the door. You can't. Know, I love when people brace Genesis. <laughs> <Fuck. Yep. laughs> My therapist just made two hundred dollars. Congratulations, <laughs> uh, for Tom. Brace can't hurt you now. It can, Doctor. It can. <laughs> All right, so I've got two green and three yellow against two purple. Great. Uh, so. Also, we haven't done. Uh, it's been a hot second since we played. Um, yeah. So, from a story point uh, perspective, I have I'm, notes on where we were last session. But if oh, you want to give yeah, us man, notes, yeah, man, those. Uh, it was two for us and three for you. Is what yeah, we I had that yeah. too. That is actually what I was going to recommend for this particular scenario. Oh, so. isn't that nice? Look at that. Look at that serendipity. John Cusack's hanging out here. All right, great. Um, so, Eli, go ahead and... Rolling! Fire. That's what Eli named his harpoon gun. John Cusack. <laughs> Come on, Johnny boy. Uh, five successes, two advantages. Whoosh. Hey, baby. Eli's oh, yeah. built for this shit. Thanks for supporting the Fable and Folly Network. Here's another show we know you'll love. Every day in the nice little Canadian town of Beaver Mount, Ontario, is pretty much the same. Folks are polite, there's a hockey game that evening, and someone gets brutally murdered. Sorry About the Murder, a very Canadian murder mystery podcast. New episodes weekly. Listen to season one now by typing Sorry About the Murder into your favorite podcast app. Ah, but look! This is Fabius Bile reaching out to all those arch heretics and other dangerous psychopaths out there. There is only one way to truly defeat the Emperor and his pathetic lickspittles, and that is to make sure that they do not unify themselves and their false beliefs and empty gods. They must not join a Patreon. They must never join patreon.com slash dumdumdice. Then our cabal can rise to the heights of brutality and cruelty. We can slay every player character, skin the flesh from their bones, and leave them with no hope remaining. Unless, somehow, people go to patreon.com slash dumdumdice. With enough support, perhaps they could stop us. But that will never happen. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a, yeah, a ladder yeah. bursts from the line as well as like a a small you know chairlift. Uh yeah, that's a that's a great shot. So yeah, Eli, this is this is far from your first uh, rodeo. You manage to to hook it as you know it, it's it's like anytime batman shoots the grappling hook anywhere where it like spins around a bunch and then hooks like it's a really really secure connection nice. um, and uh you feel it go taut um uh almost immediately and honestly for all of the shit that we give him grimly is a damn good pilot and he's lined this up very very cleanly for you so you're able to uh to move across uh with with ease um who's going first I feel like Atticus would volunteer to go first once he saw that the line was secured. He would, if it makes sense for a shock trooper like him to be the first across in case there's any hostilities. Yeah. 
plus Atticus is going to be punchy, 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 punchy. Yeah, so. the closer he is to stuff, the better, yeah. Yeah. Okay, great. So, uh, Atticus, you'll be going first. Um, I think, I'm not, I don't think we need rolls for this. I think this is a, a task you can accomplish just by by kind of doing it. Um, if we were like launching across, that'd probably be a different thing. But if you're just caribbean, you're running and well jumping, secured, yeah, yeah, or just like, <laughs> hang on, I'm gonna vent the room, like <laughs> off you go, um, you know that kind of shit. Um, <laughs> Sorry, it's space. You can't hear Laura anything. Or rolls up a new character. Um, okay, great. So um, Atticus, uh, you begin to drag yourself, uh, drag yourself across. Uh, this is uh, this is kind of a moment for you uh, in a lot of ways because you've. Aside from that time you almost got sucked down an airlock, uh, you you've never been outside no, a I've ship never, in, in space. Never spacewalked. Yeah, so you you have kind of um, I think you know some of Atticus's disposition there. There's like an appreciation for the beauty of of what what you're seeing around you that is overshadowed by the fact that you're also fully prepared to get ambushed by pirates the whole fucking time. Like it's mm-hmm. it's like far too quiet um i think that awful kind of reverberating breath hearing your own breathing in your helmet yeah yeah, yeah is uh, sure. it's probably quite a lot you've got those little blue lights on your face that they use in movies to make sure that we can still see the <laughs> actors faces in space um and uh yeah you you make your way across uh eli uh, how closely behind him would you be following uh i give him some space so but not too much uh, five meters. Okay, great. Um, so Atticus, <laughs> fifteen <you reach> feet. <laughs> ah, there we go. Um, Atticus, you reach the uh, you reach the ship without incident, uh, other than again just the the tension of waiting for things to happen. Um, and Eli, you follow soon thereafter. Um, there's also like a weird tension in being the second person, you know, off the boat onto the beach. Um, but uh, there's no, there's literally no action. Everything is is quiet. Possibly too quiet. Um, it's the vacuum but, of uh, space. So it's space. Yeah, yeah it's <laughs> of space. course it is. <laughs> space. Um, but the two of you arrive uh, on the ship. Now, the good news with this ship being kind of a ramshackle DIY project is there mm-hmm. are a hell of a lot of handholds. Um, you can see awesome. up close that uh, it really does just look like a bunch of different ships welded together kind of wherever something broke they would just weld on a new piece as best they could um that said i think uh eli you would probably notice the artistry involved though that despite the kind of random nature of the build um the work is excellent even if the ship itself is is a bit of a mess Mm. um it's it's you know it's it's not like an orc vehicle that's kind of been like bolted together it's like good enough wah like someone has clearly spent the time to make sure that all the weird shapes are sealed mm. that everything is is properly uh properly built eli cox um, it gives like a little nod of approval to no one <laughs> <laughs> um laura what had we given you a few sessions ago refresh my memory for your understanding of of uh the ship when you were kind of digging around i want to say we'd gone with like a Hmm. Almost want to say vigilance might be a tech use. Um, but basically, I'd like you to roll to see if you can find the hatch uh, in this mishmash, in this gumbo ship. Uh, <laughs> okay. Um, I think I'd put it 
I don't know if this is what we used before, but I think I would put it at, uh, honestly, tech use. Yeah, I'd buy tech use as well. Yeah. I also think this is a different case than the other one because the other one you're just like walking around like, how well do I know hallways? And this is yeah. like, how well can you figure out someone's busted up old beater car that they still somehow keep running? Mm -hmm. um, okay, great. So let's go with the tech use. Um, I'm going to say it's a difficulty of three. Again, not that the search, like there's nothing impeding your search other than just yeah. like it's awkward to be looking around in a spacesuit and moving around. Um, I'm going to give you a setback from having to do this in zero G. You are accustomed to this, but um, most of your zero G training, I think, is in combat, not in, you know, engineering. So it's That's a little fair. bit awkward. Um, I'll give you a boost because the ship isn't actually that large. Um, there's just not okay. that many places it could it could be hiding. Uh, anything else anyone wants to argue for here? I don't think so. All right. I will roll. Oh, baby. Two successes, one triumph. Ooh. There it is. <laughs> Great. Yeah, honestly, you shot it with the harpoon. The harpoon is sticking out of it <laughs> yeah. in a fucking arrow. Um, no, you didn't shoot it with the harpoon because then opening it would be a real problem for you. So, um, yeah, you're able to find it. Um, I think maybe, Eli, it's actually, um, even though it's been welded off another ship, it's like a, a ship design you recognize. Mm. Uh, I get the sense that you're kind of like one of those like old men of a certain generation who just have like a lot of books on boats. Where it's just like <laughs> they just know about a bunch of sailboats. They've never been on them. They're never going to be on them. They just have like diagrams of boats and are like, hmm, that's where the keel is. Yeah. Like, so you, you yeah, recognize. Yeah, it appreciates definitely like the, the tactical builds of things that are meant for war well i think also just knowing like okay well if i was gonna like i think your version is like what i do in the bank where i'm like if ninjas attack me right now <laughs> and for you it's just like okay well if i was gonna breach this kind of ship what door would i need to find oh that's a good one that would be where i would go um so it's not in that place on this ship you just recognize the door from where yeah. it would be on a different yeah. ship um, okay, great. So having uh, clearly identified the hatch, uh, Atticus, uh, I believe you are the one who knocks. Yes. Atticus would open up the comms, though, and just reach out and say, uh, Attention, Marty Song, this is Atticus Viz. Do you read me? Yes, Colonel, we read you. We've located the hatch, sir. Preparing to breach. Excellent. The Emperor be with you. And also with you. <laughs> And with your spirit, or whatever they say for like churches. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, I like the, I like the classics, Atticus. We can yeah. just go with it also with you. The new stuff bugs me. Uh, uh, in the Eli background, Father Marcellus is just like. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Eli will at this point unclip his uh, uh, chain axe uh, and have it ready in one hand. Nice. So yeah. one one arm is like holding one hand, holding tightly. Yeah. Uh, and oh, the man, other is just like fucking ready. That's, that's some rad. proper fucking Corsair shit, huh? Just like yeah. leaning off the boat with yeah, a chain yeah, yeah. axe. Mm, yum, yum, yum. That's yum. red. <laughs> um, I will, uh, yeah, Atticus will um, brace against, sorry for using the word. I didn't even think about it. Uh, right. Mary is up 400 today. Good work, Mary. Uh, will uh, uh, brace against the exterior of the ship um, and, uh, uh, and bring his 
his mechanical hand down to pound into the into the hatch. All right, let's let's do that thing. Um, so this will we'll call this again a, a melee attack, Atticus. Um, okay. Difficulty of two, as with uh, such things. I am going to spend a story point on this one, um, just because it's, it's a significant thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I am going to give you a boost for stationary target. Also, I believe your your power fist has specific boosts associated with. Yes, breaching. it has. Uh, it's called breach. I ignore two for every point in breach that this has. I ignore that many points of vehicle armor. Oh, so cool. this is a the power fist is breach two. So okay, two points of vehicle great. armor are ignored. Sweet. <laughs> so it's going to make this very easy on you. Uh, okay, great. <laughs> um, cool. I think that's everything I would throw on this. Uh, anything. I think I'm going to use a story point also because of the na- like out in space, certainly novel for, for mm-hmm. Atticus, but putting holes in stuff with his hand is what he does. <laughs> and what he does is actually pretty nice. Yeah. Snick, snicked. Um, yeah. Okay. I like that. Um, cool. So I think that's, that's it then. Uh, go right. ahead and roll them bones. Oh, we're actually almost low on successes. Uh, two successes, five advantages, one triumph. Okay. Um, well, with yeah, that is that is bold. Wow. Um, you punch through flavor. and pull out Devero Gnarl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it turns out this door is made of chaos space marine. What? <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, so you you punch through. Um, uh, easily um, with those successes plus your your breach effect like this thing doesn't stand much of a chance um, so you tear in um, a nice uh, sort of easy breach um, I'll say because you have a triumph um, I'll give you the option do you want to do this in such a way that you could easily close it behind you or are you just going to rip this thing off because fuck it um, I think because of the kind of guy that Atticus is, it is more of a ripping off. Great. Yeah, yeah, totally fine. Um, so, uh, you know, you, you punch through; it's spectacular. Um, and uh, Atticus and Eli, uh, you make your way into the small ship. <music> Meanwhile, back aboard uh, the Marnie's song. Um, Grim has Grimly has uh, managed to pull a signature um, off the ship. Um, it is registered as uh, the Iron Kestrel, um, Ooh, and sweet name. Uh, is registered as uh, sort of like a jack of all trades ship, which uh, you would certainly know. Valentine generally means like bounty hunters or mm-hmm. some shady, yeah, something shady, yeah. Um, not smugglers because smugglers would come up with a better name, um, but uh, yeah, something something vaguely shady. Uh, listed as having a crew of four, um, no recent records um, from from the ship. So, Grimly um, turns to you, Valentine, and uh, just says, uh, "Right, well, um, I'm still not getting any signals other than the one." Uh, 
coming off the ship, but it's well, it's, it's the damnedest thing, sir. I, I it it almost seems like the ship is acting as a relay. I don't think I don't think it's got enough power to actually be transmitting a signal. You know. Interesting. Can we backtrace this signal to its true source? I mean, yeah, particularly with uh, with a couple of boots on the ground over there, we we could definitely, uh, I think, sort that. Uh, I'm still not getting any signatures of of, of pirates, sir. But um, you know, we're we're standing by. Excellent. Yes, let's keep an eye on this. But yes, if we can trace this relay back to its original source, that's highly fascinating. Feel free to use the line to give them specific instructions on what you need. And if it becomes more technically complicated than we'd prefer, we can sort out Magi Gideon Kotov becoming involved. All right, sir. Um, so he kind of gets to work on figuring out what what that kind of patch will look like. Um, at this point, uh, Ivanikoth uh, kind of... Um, approaches the bridge and uh, says, pardon me, Inquisitor, I know we are in the middle of a uh, an excursion. Um, when you have a minute, I have found something uh, rather interesting in uh, the Billingberg's files about uh, the uh, the creatures we were tracking uh, from a Misral's planet. Excellent. Uh, Valentine will patch the ship comms into his personal combied so he can wander around and still hear what's going on with Atticus. He'll also relay, uh, Colonel and Eli, we believe there were a crew of four, is what is predicted on board the ship you were aboard, which is known as the Iron Kestrel. If you find any more than four corpses, that is of particular interest. However, it should be a human crew. I don't see any signs of it being abhuman or xenos. Roger that, sir. Aye, sir. Excellent. To say, tell me a story. Uh, and he'll just walk him <laughs> out of the bridge and to his quarters, which are right nearby, which is why he was there for all the boarding actions. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, Van Koth says, um, so we have been, uh, the uh, good Dr. Thunderhorn and I, we've been looking into ways to uh, counteract the uh, pheromones of the creatures found on Karu. Uh, but, uh, in our search, we actually found uh, a note uh, from Billingberg. Uh, it would seem that he had some uh, interaction with Keru himself. Now, it seems that uh, given that Kane Hurst uh, came through uh, Last Gleaming so often through the, uh, the Twilight Sector, that uh, they had some, uh, not run-ins per se, it does not seem from my records that they ever met. Uh, or that they were ever uh, involved in any uh, joint actions or had any anything aside from, you know, the casual encounter at uh, the Citadel or major events. But it would seem that uh, Billingberg was keeping tabs on a uh, number of uh, different Inquisitors and Inquisitors' actions, which seems to make sense with the uh, conspiracy that he uh, was involved in. Uh, and it would seem he became curious about these creatures as well. Uh, would... Uh, suspects that he had the same fears you did, Inquisitors, as perhaps there uh, was a way to weaponize uh, these monsters, that uh, perhaps uh, Kanehurst's interest um, in the, the Chaos cult uh, that was there had something to do with this. He actually sent a one of his uh, retinues there, and according to the records, he wiped out the entire species. Uh, they are all dead. Uh, which strikes me as somewhat odd, uh, given that uh, Kane Hurst seems so interested in this technology, despite the creatures that it could speak to being dead. 
Yes, that would suggest, based on the overall pattern that you've put together, Kanehurst either lied or there was an outside source so he could destroy the original. If he'd already discovered a synthetic, there's no need for the animals to still be involved or the animals were not destroyed. Do we have confirmation on that action? Is there any way for us to move on this? Um, so he can show you the files, um, but basically Kanehurst sent, a, a, for lack of a better term, a kilt squad planet side to wipe these things out. Um, from their records, there doesn't seem to have been any interference with this species uh, after the uh, cult of Slanish. Um, like, specifically, they're, you know, they didn't find tags in their ears or anything that would imply like, uh-oh, someone's been tracking these things. Mm -hmm. um, they basically just showed up, looked for any evidence that there had been interference with species, and then just wiped them out. But it is confirmed that the creatures are dead. Interesting. Um, with that, they did pull a sample um, of the, the breakdown of the pheromones, um, and within Billingberg's records, there is actually already a synthesized antibody because they, similarly, just in case, they made it, but there's no, there doesn't seem to be any suggestion that there was like, you know, a farming of this or anything else. Tremendously fascinating. It appears we're raising more questions than answers, but that means we're moving in the right direction. Conspiracies tend not to be fans of answers. They like questions, so we'll keep asking them. I am glad we found this antibody. Let's continue to prepare as though the worst is going to come in celebration of the Emperor giving us these interesting tools through the means of dead heretics. Uh, indeed, Inquisitor. Uh, on that note, so I do wonder, uh, would you be opposed to me looping in... Uh uh, Monsieur Kotov, uh, to perhaps see if he can bring some light to uh, what possible applications this technology could have. He is of use to us as a lexicon of knowledge and adaptation. Yes, you have permission to bring Kotov into this smaller circle. May I ask, with uh, Colonel Viss not being aboard this ship, uh, who should I also include to murder him if he, uh, you know, steps out of line? I know the Colonel would be quite upset if he did not get to do the punching himself, but uh, I guess who is the surrogate puncher in the case that there is a surrogate punching to do? With the lack of anyone else, it would be me. Uh, if you send me a message and I approve it and I'm unavailable to carry out the sentence, it will be Father Marcellus. He does seem like the punchy type. Uh, thank you, Inquisitor. I will get to work on this immediately. Excellent. To be clear, no one can execute it without my green light. Oh, yes. Like, he looks at you, like, almost so, like you just reintroduced yourself. Like, sorry. 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 This is not a you thing. I, there are varying intellects and focuses amongst the members of this band. I do not mean to speak down to you. I'm aware that you are intelligent, and I'm aware that you are capable. I will do my best not to repeat myself obnoxiously in future. Now he looks horrified, um, just being like, oh, uh, Inquisitor, I did not mean to imply that you should not, you can repeat no, as no, much no. as you need to. It to, is totally fine. I, of course, to, you to must be, uh, to make clear. the will of the emperor clear. I mean, he's, you speak with his voice, right? His voice must be a clarion <laughs> call. I uh, merely uh, would, of course, never uh, overstep uh, in, in that way. But uh, thank you for, for thinking of, of me in these terms. And uh, your apology is, is beautiful and wonderful. It is completely uh, not necessary. You tell me what you need, and we, we get it done. Uh, and he's like bow walking out the back door, you know, just... <laughs> This is too it's, much for him. <laughs> just know that 
I respect you. Oh, this is just backfired. <laughs> just yeah, like, disappointed in his own quarters, being like, "There's no, there's no winning." Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, uh, back aboard the Iron Kestrel, um, Atticus uh, and Eli, you've pulled yourselves in, um, and uh, you find yourselves in a, a very poorly lit, um, again, kind of uh, almost like a Star Trek um, shuttle. Like it's it's almost like one long room. Mm. Um, sort of ship. Um, there are little, um, you know, you can see bunks near the back. There are a couple of enclosed areas. There's like a, an enclosed cargo hold. Um, there's uh, sort of an enclosed bathroom back there, um, as well as kind of a, a back landing ramp um, for kind of loading loading cargo. Mm-hmm. Um, but otherwise, uh, almost a bit of an RV vibe um, in terms of hmm. just like, you know, it's it, it's one big room. Um, everyone kind of does their thing. You can see sort of the classic uh, dining slash kind of planning table. A um, couple of chairs for kind of weapons uh, use and, um, you know, sensors, communications, that sort of thing. Um, there's a central uh, captain's chair um, kind of right up against the nose of the ship um, at the viewports. Um and in that chair, you find uh, the the only crew person that you can see, kind of at first glance. Um, strapped in, there is a somewhat emaciated body um, that is. Uh, you get the sense that there was enough atmosphere in here that you know they're not like an icicle, but also not. There's enough that the body's preserved, but also not so much that it, they're you know frozen solid. Gotcha. Um, and um, you can see that uh, she's wearing, um, Eli, what you'd probably recognize as uh, a fairly standard kind of um, uh, boarding party combat suit, lightweight sort of flight suit combat gear. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, flight suit with <clears throat> like a chest plate, um, almost uh, like a kind of what you'd see under like hockey, almost hockey pad style, kind of like yeah. chest and shoulders um gauntlets um uh there would be a helmet normally there's no helmet uh on her head now her hair is kind of like long blonde hair is just kind of floating um almost in a in a halo around her head Mm. um as well as um uh or sorry rather it frames uh almost like a grizzly sun um sort of a, a red bloom uh, in the back of her skull, uh, where the mm. bullet clearly came out, um, her hands kind of drift um, in the uh, the lack of of atmosphere. Um, in one is a um, what looks to be kind of a knockoff bolt pistol. Um, yep. So it clearly fires like you know, taking a bolt round to the head means there's no head left. Um, but you know, people have been trying to copy this design for years. Um, so kind of an off-brand gun. Um, and, uh, though, you know, someone having killed themselves aboard a ship isn't, is, is concerning for a variety of reasons. Uh, Atticus, you're taking all this okay. in, but Eli, after you notice kind of the, at a general lay of the land, uh, your eyes, cl- uh, rapidly, um, focus on what's clutched in her right hand, um, which is a stoppered, gorgeous, mostly full bottle of AMSEC, which as you know, you do not have back aboard the ship. And honestly, will a corpse really miss it? 
This episode of the Valentine Heresy features Ryan Laplante at the Ryan Laplante on Twitter as Inquisitor Lucius Valentine, Tyler Hewitt at Tyler underscore Hewitt on Twitter as Atticus Viz, Laura Hamstra at El Hamstring on Twitter as Eli Sharp, Del Borovic at Del Tastic on Twitter as Morgan Rawls, and our game master Tom McGee at McGeeTD on Twitter. This episode was edited and mixed by Laura Hamstra, and the Valentine Heresy's artwork was created by Del Borovic at delborovic.com, D-E-L-B-O-R-O-V-I-C. Our theme song is The Hordes by Megan McDuffie, and our ads use the tracks No Control and Chiefs by Jazzar, J-A-H-Z-Z-A-R, available at freemusicarchive.org. When it comes to Dum Dums and Dice, you can visit our website at dumdumdice.com. Our Twitter and Instagram are at dumdumdice, and on Facebook at facebook.com slash dumdumdice. We have merchandise available at redbubble.com slash people slash dumdumdice. And most importantly, you can join our Patreon at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. That's D-U-M-B, D-U-M-B, D-I-C-E. Ave Imperator, and death to all the heretics. Dum Dums and Dice has to give a special thank you to the supreme beings of our Patreon at this time. The Half-Blind Prophet, Christopher Little, Sue One, George Dolby, Richard Cranium, Sammy Boy, Orion Birchfield, Scott Garland, Benjamin V, Gavin and Abby McDonald, Logan, Fire Unfriendly, Acrix, Grandma Likes D&D, Alan, Austin Nut Powers Fry, Stabby Stranger, Glitch Trick, Roman Brown, Shulzari, Christian Mendez, Spot Allen, Flynn1138, Alorain Okapi, OMG It's Big Nick, Steve Wees, D&D and Things, and Jill and Noel Laplante. If you want your name to be added to this list, you can join our Patreon too at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. Thanks to them, and a little bit of thanks to you. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. It begins, as terrible things often do, with a knife. People of Herta, chosen children of the night, a lost soul has come to us. I'm not sure if I can do this. It's always better if you just do it quick. You came to St. Kilda to escape your past, but the past isn't so easy to outrun. You always say you're changing, but underneath you're just the same. She was a child, Lockie. You liar! Did you really believe this community would accept you? I think you're meant to be here. A little bird told me that you're a liar. All of this, it comes with a cost, Lockie. Did you really believe you could find redemption. The time for excuses is over. The Secret of St. Kilda. Available wherever you get your podcasts. Listen to season one now, and remember, there is no change without sacrifice. <laughs>